0: Welcome to Luther's Rue Brothers with Pastor Pat, and William and Dave. We're talking today about whether the church is a hospital or a hospice. Some churches teach that we come broken and sick and need to get healing so that we can have our best life now, full of blessings. Other churches administer the mm-hmm. gifts of Christ, His Word, and sacraments to help us die well, understanding that through Christ's death and resurrection, we are forgiven of our daily sins. We still have a terminal illness called original sin and are dying a little more every day. We're not promised tomorrow and need to be ready to meet our Savior face-to-face. Hmm. So what do you think, Pastor Pat? Do you think uh, the the term hospital or the term hospice is helpful when we're talking about a church?
1: Yeah. How you doing, brother? Um, good. How are yeah, you? Doing? Yeah, real good, real good. Um, that's an interesting, you know, way you'd put that. I'd never had really used that word before. I mean, we, we've talked in the past about the misunderstanding people have the church as being like a gymnasium where they go to flex their spiritual muscles and kind of show off a little bit like I'm a good look at how healthy I am spiritually I'm a good I'm a good American all that kind of stuff maybe and the church isn't isn't that and I've used the term hospital as the place of people who are are sick and and that can apply obviously to in a physical sense, people who have some kind of trouble and they want to hear some encouraging word uh, to help them through their physical ailment. But it can also mean the spiritual, you know, the the disease of sin and kind of helping them just deal with that. But you know, I I, I gotta say, I, I I like that concept of hospice. Um, kind of as a hospice is kind of a, a you know, as I've visited people in the hospice. Uh, uh, centers through the years it, it's obviously they have a few days left sometimes even a few hours and it's there to help that transition to put some perspective and calm especially when you have an opportunity to talk with them and they're still with you conscious and mm-hmm. you pray with them I'll sing a hymn and stuff and it really you're, you're helping them kind of prepare uh, for that which lies be- before us which is our you know our, our ever- everlasting home our, our true life and, and I like that image, that the church is there, uh, maybe not just our last few days or few hours, but it is a place helping us to make that transition, not to get better for this world, but to remind us of that which lies before us in Christ, our true home. Right, right. And, and, and to put the perspective that dying is gain, to, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Um, right. We don't expect to get better in the sense of live forever here. Right, blessed here, we look forward to the resurrection of the dead and life everlasting. So I like right. that. I like that well, concept.
0: Yeah, and you know, uh, when Jesus says his kingdom is not of this world, why do we so much want to hang on to, to, to this, this world, this broken, fallen world, and not grasp the, his kingdom, the kingdom that we're, mm-hmm. we're going to die into and, and, and have our,
1: our, our bodies raised and perishable? You know, so it just seems like the church is so often, you know, mis, misunderstood, misconstrued, and therefore the nature of its ministry. And so much of it does seem to gravitate to the right here, right now. Maybe it's a liability of our flesh that, you know, we live here right now. We're hungry right now. I'm cold right now. And so we want relief from you know our the things that you know vex our physical self or even psychologically we're lonely right now and you know the thought of heaven may sound nice but it seems so elusive so abstract and far away and i think maybe because jesus talks about loving our neighbor and you know when you see your neighbor in need you know james puts it in his epistle you know if you're not living your faith you, you see your your neighbor in need hungry or, or without clothing, and you say, hey, neighbor, uh, be well-fed and, 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 and you know, comforted, but do nothing about it. So, I mean, the Bible does talk about ministry here and now, but I think you know, that social ministry is really secondary to our primary purpose, right. which is to raise the issue of sin and death and our victory over it through Christ's death and resurrection, Right. There's the medicine. Peter, Peter will be saying it in this coming Sunday's uh, epistle. By his wounds, we are healed. And he's not talking about, you know, uh, we have cancer and now we've been healed or some kind of, you know, faith healing laying on No, right. It's the spiritual redemption, the, 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 the healing of, of uh, it is physical too, and the body will rise one day and be glorified. But it's primarily understood in a, sp- a spiritual way. Right, right. When Jesus uh, says I'm
0: going to prepare a place for you, um, he's going to the cross to prepare an eternal place for us. That mm-hmm. should be our focus. Um, and again, dying well means dying without fear of losing yeah. this place that we have here, losing our, you know, our family or friends or possessions. Um we're we're going where we uh, are meant to go, and we will live forever. So I, I don't I don't it's understand fi- uh, yeah. when people are afraid, of, especially Christians, when they're afraid of. I understand why people that aren't of faith yeah. are, are afraid of death, but Christians should never be. This should it should be a joy that your transition is is in front of you, mm-hmm. and it you know. And I, I think as a pastor, you've probably seen where you probably see this in the older members that you know maybe you maybe they start seeing the church as a hospice as they get to that those that oh, age yeah. where they're where they're going to transition maybe they're in a hospice and so they they see the church as that yeah. help to transition no
1: atheists in foxholes and no atheists in nursing homes i mean it's right. gets very religious at <laughs> the uh end of life um oftentimes i i do see that and uh, sometimes it's as simple as they want somebody to do a funeral um, you know, and, uh, help them pass into the, the next world. But, you know, you made a statement there that I gotta, I gotta comment on to die. Well, I had this vision of a Viking (laughs) 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 an honorable death. Yeah. 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 But I like that too. I like that. You know, there is, there is a, there is a proper way of dying and that is in the confidence of God's love in Christ. And that is in the afterglow of Easter, that empty tomb. So we do, you know, and the church does kind of help us die well. In fact, it really helps us through confession and absolution to die every day. We're supposed sure. to drown out the old Adam. Right. Well, not, not you know, s- sprinkle the old Adam or scrub the old Adam, but drown him. Mm-hmm. Hold his head underwater until he stops kicking and screaming and, and start that process anew every day as we subdue the flesh. Right. And, uh, and
0: and for for those of us who are younger um uh, jesus i mean he he said it a lot in different ways about being ready mm-hmm. uh you know the the 10 wise and the, or 5 wise and 5 foolish uh virgins right virgins yeah waiting for the bridegroom to come back yeah and and uh, having oil in their lamps and uh all all of it a parable to, for us to be to be ready the the thief in the night right i come as a thief in the night um and so we we don't know when Jesus is going to come back, uh, or when our last day is. You know, um, if he comes for us, it may be through a natural death that we don't anticipate—a car accident. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, there are plenty of things that, plenty of ways that uh, we we could meet our end here on earth. Um, not to be morbid or anything like that. I'm well, not right. and, and looking that, for it.
1: I think that's the that's the the rub right there. Is it sounds like we're defeatist. Or we're you know just morbid people that are always obsessed with dying and you know like live your life you know seize the day carpe diem and uh, but but they're not looking at it in in they're not listening to what we're saying as Christians I don't think when they when they hear us saying it we're not saying that we want to jump off a building and and uh, you know end our lives or or you know, drink the poison Kool-Aid because some cult leader told us that there's a better world awaiting us. While we believe all those things, we do live our lives now also by God's grace and count our blessings. Um, they're not all deferred. There are blessings to be enjoyed right now. But uh, sometimes the way I put it is, you know, the Christians should live their life always with one eye on heaven. Mm-hmm. And we should live our lives without expecting so much from this world. And I think that's more that. That living in that state of grace of that kind of preparedness that I think you're saying about the ministry of the church constantly reminds us that this is not our home. We mm-hmm. should not expect much from this other than God has promised our daily bread, and we have our family who loves us, and all those things. And we thank God for these blessings. they blessings, yeah. Sure. Read the Old Testament. I mean… Gosh, God is always blessing the faithful and those who seek righteousness with wealth or wisdom or lots of livestock or lots of children. So there are blessings. But, you know, they're, they're never. you cannot compare them to the glory of God that he has prepared for those who love him. So that's kind of what I'm saying with we keep one eye on heaven. So we're, we're here right now. We're enjoying our life. We're trying to do our best to help others and make a, a better world. But we're never that rooted here. It's, it's an, it, the image I think Paul uses well is we're ambassadors. Mm-hmm. And an ambassador, you know, is doing his job and he's, you know, living his life. He's still got to eat, still got to brush his teeth. He's got to do all the things that you would normally do at home, but he knows that's not his home. So you never get quite, you never quite unpack. You're always, you know, you're always in this ready state of, well, you know, the, the president uh, or, or the prime minister might call me somewhere else at a moment's notice. And so I have to just, you know, pick up and go. And I think that's kind of an attitude of a Christian. Mm. Um, And maybe that bears into what Jesus says then, too, brother, about, you know, and I know you and I feel the same way about a minimal lifestyle, is travel light. You know, uh, all this baggage that we amass, you know, all this stuff, wealth and and possessions, uh, it roots us down. Maybe that's why people are not so eager for heaven. You know, heaven can wait mentality. I've got to... uh, uh, enjoy all my stuff first, and then when I'm old and I can't enjoy it anymore, then heaven sounds good. But I got my bucket. Good... I got my bucket list. Yeah, that's right? not a
0: good attitude. <laughs> no. I mean, you know,
1: I, I got I got to check off all
0: these boxes before I before I get ready for heaven.
1: I mean, uh, do you have a bucket list? No, not really. I, I don't really either. I okay. I have a few. Oh, there's a few things uh, uh, And mine Basically, comes down to uh, travel. There's a few places I'd like to see. Oh yeah, yeah. I think I uh, in Europe and you know a couple of things. I'd like to see them, but if I don't, I'm not going to be crushed. Uh, I've got a couple art things in mind, and even a children's book I've talked about for years that my wife says I'll I'll never finish. I'd like to do that and finish those, but again, if I don't, weigh that against heaven. I I tell you, if Jesus tapped on my shoulder and said, "Ready?" I don't. Not, it's not like, well, wait, Lord, till I go back and pack, or you know, I, I would, I, I would like to say goodbye. <laughs> and I say goodbye goodbye to my wife. Well, even Jesus says, well, no, you don't got time to go back and no. bury your father. Uh, yeah, you don't have time for nothing. Just you, you, when I call you, you come. So I mean, and I'm, and I'm, I'm okay with it. That, that, to really feel that, I think that's what the church's ministry is. And maybe maybe that's what hospice, in a sense, that we're ready at any moment to let go, and we're okay with that. We're not afraid of that. Mm-hmm. We don't have any lingering regrets. There's nothing in this world holding us, uh, but we're ready. we're ready to go, and that means going to heaven. If I can, if I can put that kind of maturity and faith in the heart of the people that I preach God's word to, that they are grateful for this life and its blessings, but they are ready at any moment, to joyfully eagerly enter into the kingdom of heaven should Christ come for them that I know I have accomplished something.
0: Right. Right. Yeah, that's good uh a good attitude to have. Uh yeah, I mean nothing is so important here that you know when Jesus says you know follow me that we don't look back, we just we go. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and you know, uh he like he said to to the disciples uh I go to prepare a place for you. He's preparing a. He's prepared a place for us by going to that cross, so you know that's Amen. the
1: important thing. Well, um i i gotta share I gotta share your son's story again. You know, we've talked about uh, Brian in the past, and he's with his Lord now. And what a brave young man he was! But I remember some of the conversations I had with him, and uh, he was a young man. And you know, like uh, I remember one particular time, I asked him about things like you know, getting married and. You know all that goes with that, and uh, the blessings of of coming together is the one flash and then having children and and he was honest to say that you know yeah, that was certainly something on his mind that uh it, it that sounds fun and it sounds good, but he did get to uh that place where he realized that you know what what God has in store for me is so beyond my wildest imagination that it can't compare that you know yeah that would be nice pastor but um what god's got in mind is so much more and i know that yeah. and so he he hit that point i mean at the beginning you, you, we all and i would be the same way especially as a young man in the beginning you kind of you know you dig your heels in you don't go you know calmly into that cold night the idea of dying doesn't even enter your thinking you have got so much life you think in front of you now right And may, and maybe somebody's listening and say yeah they're just a bunch of old farts sitting around drinking beer, so of course they want to die and go to heaven. <laughs> what have they got to live for? I'm not that old, neither are you, but um, for, him, for him to come to that realization that you know, he realized there was nothing in this world that was better than mm-hmm. what God had prepared was a, real, was a real epiphany, and it was very inspiring to me to see that in him, yeah. and I took, a lot of, I took a lot from his courage to know that this life, nothing, nothing in this life can compare with heaven and the glory that God has for us. So you, you've asked the question: What, what, why are people, especially right now, with this uh, coronavirus threat? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I'm sad to hear about the, the numbers of people that die and those that are getting sick and all that is going with that. In the medical community, people being overwhelmed. And I guess I'm saying, well, I almost want to say sometimes, and I know this may sound, uh, uh, you know uncompassionate but I almost want to say sometimes well, what what are you expecting mm-hmm. what, what do we expect from this world yes. do we expect that we're always going to be healthy and that nobody will ever get sick and we'll all live to be 140 years and have you know 30 grandkids uh, bouncing on our laps and you know have our nice house and uh, uh, well, what are we expecting from this world I guess I don't have I, I think I have realistic expectations which are not much uh, I my right. my hope is life to come. God God
0: does not promise us, you know, a long life and prosperity. Uh, you know, He doesn't promise these things. He promises us eternal life through His Son, who took our sins to the cross, and yeah. and and rose three days later, so that we can rise. Um, that's the that's the that's the promise that He's given us.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, nothing in this world. He hasn't promised us any any good things in this world if, if we get good things we thank him for them but right. they're but he doesn't promise them
1: no it really doesn't i mean i know that that flies in the face of a lot of the conventional wisdom of probably a lot of people again listening and what or maybe even what they've been told in their churches mm-hmm. of what god owes them god doesn't owe us a thing he doesn't owe us anything but yet in his grace he chooses to give because he is a giver. He's an abundant and gracious God who loves the world that he created even though it hasn't loved him back. And the chief example of that of course is his son, the gift of Jesus who bore our sins on the cross as you say. So this idea again that you know uh that this that if I if I pray or if I believe in God Um, you know, then there comes my, my bowl of cherries and everything's going to be okay. I sure hope that's not going to be what happens through this, uh, pandemic and all this lockdown. Here we are basically coming into a a second full month almost. Uh, I think it pretty much is, is that I hope people do start going to church in America. I really do. Yeah. That there's a spiritual awakening, but I hope they are doing it harder with, okay, God, um, grandma's really sick right now, so I'm going to go to church, or you know, my spouse or my child uh, is really sick. They've got this COVID-19, so now I'm going to start praying, and because uh, th- I hope they get better, and they certainly can. God does heal, and I think if their faith is going to be uh, hinged on the fact that God does what they want him to, that's not the kind of faith I'm hoping that will be reawakened across the globe. It's more the submission to God's will as good that's to me a little bit too what it means to live with that one eye in heaven is we mm-hmm. surrender ourselves to god's will completely and uh you know we his, his will is good and we just by faith trust that and right. even when our loved ones are sick or die uh, that faith is not shaken it might be stretched a little bit for a little while but it's not destroyed it's not right. overcome
0: Right, like you say, you know, Philippians uh, one twenty one. Right, uh, to live as Christ, you have the one eye uh, in service, and to die as gain, you have the other eye in, in
1: heaven. Other eye in the glory of heaven, waiting for those clouds to part, and our Lord Jesus with that archangel's trumpet to blast. Um, so that would, that's a. Day. So um, did, so Jesus? I mean, we we
0: read about the the healings, raising Lazarus from the dead. And um, the the widow's son um, at Nain, and we we read these things. Uh, Jairus', Jairus his daughter, his daughter um, yeah. And and an and, and we just say, you know, I read I read it over and over again when I'm reading the scriptures. And I say praise God. But did Jesus heal those people so that they could have a better life, or did He do it as a sign mm-hmm. to show who He was?
1: The latter, right? Oh, that's what that's what John calls them. In fact, he actually uses that word in his gospel a sign it's to point the the, the point of that was to, to point to him that he is more powerful than disease he's more powerful than death to foreshadow even lazarus resurrection to foreshadow his own resurrection which is the real gift that he's come to give life over death not life right now and better Same thing with the blind man you know that uh, right was healed and they're all caught up in whose fault is it yeah that's that, all we see it's like, well, is it his fault or is it his parents' fault? And Jesus is neither one. It's so that the glory of God can be seen. And then right. you can see me heal this man and know that it's me that did it out of love and compassion and also power. So, right. yeah, this, this <laughs> idea that God's going to do everything that I want, that's prosperity thinking. That's not a right. theology of the cross. And, and, you know, a lot of uh, skeptics might say, well, 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 was
0: God cruel letting this man just be blind his whole life so that Jesus could, could heal him, so God could know. look so good? Yeah. But, but no, I yeah. mean, it's so he could show his glory,
1: you that's know. That's not cruel, but yeah, I mean, if that's, if that's what your role of life was, that, you know, you had to bear that cross for a while so that Jesus could demonstrate his great power and, and love, uh then then yeah that's that will of god that sometimes doesn't make sense to us and god doesn't do what we want him to do but we trust that he's working good in it and that's one of the, one of my favorite stories in the bible and one of the, one of the many reasons i believe that jesus is lord yeah. is because he healed the blind man could, and, and could, uh, could you imagine how that blind man that blind man wouldn't have been uh, angry <laughs> that,
0: no no he, he, I mean, he i'm, he
1: I'm got, sure he, he will I'm sure he followed Jesus after that. He I, I bet he well, did. He, says he became, you know, uh, uh, when when Jesus seeks him out later, and he says, yes. you know, like, uh, do, do do you know who who did this? And he, Jesus basically tells him, "I'm the Christ." And he goes, "Well, tell him who he, tell tell me who he is so I can follow right. him." Well, yes. I'm him. I'm him. So you know, there the you story go. ends well. And why do we got this idea? This is this uh, temporal not, thinking stuff. Yeah, this idea that. You know, uh, that we can somehow uh, protect ourselves from from harm, and uh, we can control the situation with the proper organization or or what how naive is the world to think that we are in any measure in control of what's happening and what will happen individually, nationally, globally we can do our best to address things maybe in a temporary state, maybe make a few situations better for a little while, at best. I mean, you know, the farmer plants the the seed, whether he believes in God or not, you know, it's going to grow because God put those things into motion. So, I mean, there is some some benefit from temporal wisdom, from even earthly wisdom. If you take medicine, you probably get better. But, you know, that this idea that we can... You know, uh, flatten the curve or, you know, continue uh, to somehow control the situation. Uh, less people get sick, less people die. I mean, I, I think we're being naive. Uh, mm-hmm. I think our best recourse is to commend ourselves to the Lord and say, come what may. You know, uh, you know, the, the Lord gives, the Lord uh, takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. That's the great conclusion of Job. Um, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. Uh, we're not going to bow down and worship that false right, idol. You right. throw us in that fire, Nebuchadnezzar, maybe God will save our lives, but maybe he won't. Maybe but you know won't. what? We're not going to worship an idol because we <laughs> know who the true God is. Right. That's what it means, I think, to live in that boldness that, that sees that faith, of yes. that confidence for, for why we are not afraid to die and what it means that the church helps us to prepare to die because at any moment we know we could die and we're okay with that. Because we know that God will redeem us, and somehow he's going to find us, and he's going to resurrect us, and he's got a place awaiting us. That's, I think, what, so it's back to where we were saying. I don't think that's morbid at all. I don't think it's defeatist at all, this idea that, oh, we, we're just moping around waiting to die. No, we're living our lives. We're enjoying the blessings of this world. Heck, I'm having a great pint of Guinness right now myself, enjoying the fru- fruits of God's good earth. What do yeah. you think? I, I'm drinking a Stone Tiki Escape
0: IPA. Stone. It's got. Somebody's going to come up with a it's COVID-19 got one of these little. Uh, oh. What it what was what those little tiki things? What are they? What are like those pagan
1: religions? They they're supposed to ward yeah. off evil or something. Evil. Uh, I'm surprised somebody hasn't marketed a, a COVID like with one of those coronavirus yeah like caricatures <laughs> and <corona> signals. <laughs> It looks like a ball with like spikes with suction cups and a big eye or something. Right. Well, someone's going to come up with a Corona brew. You saw that Corona I think
0: took a hit financially when all this stuff happened because oh, the Corona beer. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. They I, took I a hit financially that. because no one wants to drink <laughs> Corona beer. <laughs> you oh, know, people are strange. PR.
1: Bad <laughs> PR. It's yeah. Like they 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 marketed I heard this story um, uh, Chevy, the Nova in Mexico, it was like an absolute failure because Nova in Spanish means doesn't go. <laughs> there you go. You're selling a car that doesn't go. Nova. Yeah, you got to so, yeah, you you know? change, change that name. You got to change that name. Abroad, yeah. Uh, That's funny. So I mean, we can laugh. We can drink. We can eat well. Uh, we can hug our, our loved ones, our our wives and our kids. Our, you have grandkids. Yeah. No one's saying... No one's saying don't, but we're saying don't be so in love with this world that you won't, that you just, you know, hang on to it tooth and nail. Come what may, Jesus, you know, he's got a better place in mind. Well, uh, I don't remember the Bible
0: passage off the top of my head, but love of the world is enmity with God.
1: Yeah, Uh. yeah.
0: Love of the world is enmity with the God. That's a strong statement. That that means God does not want us to be in love with this world at that, all, and it, it means it means you're choosing it over
1: Him. He does the same thing with Mammon. We talked about love, love of Mammon. Now watch it now. Well, watch it yeah, now. <laughs> you know it's 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 that word for wealth and stuff. That, that that's also that we love the because let's be honest, wealth is probably the greatest thing that the world promises. I guess you can talk about fame and power but most of most people are seduced by wealth and love of wealth is not love of god god's not yeah. going to take back seat to anything right he, and, he, and he shouldn't and he doesn't have to and he won't he's god and i think when we realize and we really surrender to that that faith and confession that god is god and and nothing is greater than him you think he's going to l- let us fall through the cracks or fall behind or, no he's not and so, you know, it's another day. Yeah, it's not a great day. I get it. I don't like this either, uh, the missing church and all that kind of stuff. But it's not going to be forever. This too shall pass. Cool. You know, we're going to be talking about this in our, our rearview mirror soon enough one day. And uh, kind of back to normal. I hope a little bit, as I said uh, in the past here, uh, a little bit better for it, a little maybe wiser, more compassionate, maybe more patient. But this too shall pass. And yeah. so... We gotta if get those folks day, it's okay. You know what? If if this is if this is the precursor of God calling us to glory, I know you you're we're wait you're waiting to go, brother, and I feel the same way.
0: Uh, my I got I got lots of oil in my lamp.
1: Yeah, yeah. me too. <laughs> I'm sitting there, I ain't going to sleep. I'm gonna stay here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna sit right on that doorstep waiting for that bridegroom to come back. Yeah. I've got oh I'm not a virgin. I got three kids, but you know <laughs> <laughs> but I got oil well, in my lamp we're the, yeah we're the we're the uh, we're gonna be the church
0: triumphant but we, we got to keep people away from thinking that uh, the the
1: the church of glory is right here and right now it's Thank you God. know I'm not sure. going to preach that I mean you can tune in listen to us uh, uh can I give my can I give my yeah, go go it? ahead man' www. plug it www.stjohncovina.org. uh we've been uh taping our services. And uh, uh, I've been talking a little bit, my, my Sunday sermon, I'm kind of, it's, it's, uh, it's John 10, and Jesus is being unapologetically exclusive. He says, I am the gate, mm. and he's the shepherd that the, you, you yeah. know, goes into then the good shepherd portion, too, but that, that doesn't quite come in, in this lesson. But, you know, there, there's, there's no wiggle room there, the narrow door. Jesus mm-hmm. is the way, right. and I think, you know, that's the message of the church. Here for the last what four, four or five weeks we've been giving evidence of Jesus's resurrection. Nobody else died on the cross for the sins of the world. Nobody else rose on the third day from the dead to open the way of heaven forever. Jesus did that, and Jesus only. So I think this is the message of the church, not this nonsense that believe in God and he's going to give you shiny, sparkly things or lots of you know lots of wealth. Um, that wh- where do he? Where do they get this? Where does he? I guess it's a construed. Uh, notion maybe at best from some of the old testament passages where you can t- talk about you know temporal blessing but it's r- virtually non-existent in the new testament when you talk about material blessing right it's all in the context of the spiritual renewal the new new creation being born again right relationship with god that's true wealth and prosperity to be right with god right and to live With that confidence and joy each and every day. You you can't probably put a price tag on that. Well, Jesus says, store your wealth in heaven where moth and rust can't touch it. Right. You know, so... uh, That's going to be our message, though, in the church today. The greater wealth of heaven, the hospice mentality of the church, that we are there reminding ourselves that we are ambassadors. This is not our home. Heaven is. And and we're dying. yeah, more every we're dying, day every we're dying, day. dying
0: every day and nothing is yeah. going to keep that from happening unless jesus comes back
1: while we're still living to we take do it, it on purpose we drown out that old adam in repentance right. every day and we live with the mentality that this is not our true life and this is not the flesh we'll live forever in. we look forward to that that new day and that glorified flesh right so travel light <laughs> that's, a, that's a good <laughs>
0: message there brother Travel, yeah, a travel light, light uh, keep your keep oil in your lamp, keep watch
1: cuz you don't know the hour. Right? Pick up open a good beer and talk yeah. to your brother in Christ to keep your your joy, but other than that, you know what? This world can't compare to heaven. Amen. Amen. Well, I think we've kind of hit the bases on this one. What do you think? I think so. It's always good just chatting. I hope people enjoy our 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 uh, brotherly our uh, love for one another and our common love for Jesus. And uh, I hope they feel maybe a little bit that if they're feeling like we do, that they're not the only ones, that are you, uh, am I weird that I don't, I'm not afraid of this? Am, am I weird that I'm not worried about dying and that I go to church to help myself prepare for that death uh, each and every day? Maybe by hearing us talking about it like we were doing today, they realize that they're right on track. Yeah. Uh, living in that boldness of faith.
0: Yeah. Nothing in this world can compare to what's going to be revealed, you know, on, in heaven on that other side when I we're agree. the church triumphant. I agree. Come what may. Bring yeah. it on, coronavirus. Amen. It's not bigger than Jesus. Well, thanks out there for listening today. We appreciate uh, you tuning in and catching our latest podcast. Um, Until we meet again, because we may not be here next
1: week or next month. We may be here. You know what? (laughs) We may be gone. God willing. Yeah, it might be our number, coronavirus, or it might be the clouds of glory that part. We don't know, but that's okay. We don't know where we're going. Yep. So, God bless you
0: all, and we'll see you next time, maybe.